The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. On those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. He went around all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. If you follow the Holy Father, you may have noticed a while back a decree that came forth from him that the third Sunday of Ordinary Time would now have a given name of sorts, not just simply the third Sunday of Ordinary Time. It would now be called Word of God Sunday, and it would begin today. Today we celebrate the first Sunday known as Word of God Sunday. A day for us to come and to reflect upon the sacred scriptures and their importance for us. Pope Francis instituted this, uh, this, this name of this feast and the sorts as a reminder to us and as a fruit to the Second Vatican Council. The Council especially encouraged the faithful to immerse themselves in the word of God. It wrote an entire document on the sacred scriptures, Dei Verbum, the word of God, its title. It was a call for us to take up as Catholics the sacred scriptures, to be able to slough off that, that uh, accusation that's often given to us that we do not know our scriptures, that we don't pray our Bibles. The joke often being that we would have to come and dust off the dust from the top of the book that we might be able to find something within it. The simple fact is that as Catholics, we do have a lot of immersion in sacred scripture. The point is that in the celebration of Holy Mass, you hear three separate readings proclaimed, spoken, a responsorial psalm that's sung, and a sprinkling of the sacred scripture and references to it, both clear and, and sort of hidden, sprinkled all throughout the prayers of the Mass. If you want the place, if you want to go to a church where they read the scriptures most in proportion to the length of their service, you're sitting at it. It's Catholicism, oddly enough, the place where the majority of what we do is a reflection upon the Word of God. 
But what Pope Francis and the Second Vatican Council, indeed many of the saints of the church would call us to, is to not allow ourselves and our interaction with sacred scripture to happen only within the context of Mass. Is to ensure that we also spend time with the Word of God in our homes, in our individual life of prayer. There are a couple of things that I would encourage every one of you to be able to do. The first is to simply read your Bible. Sometimes we're not really familiar with our Bible, and so it's good just to be able to read it. Keep in mind that these are books that were meant to be read. Certainly they have a liturgical context that we read them in, but they're not necessarily meant to be proclaimed in little snippets. That they were meant to be proclaimed in their fullness, to be able to, to understand the larger picture of the story of salvation. So I'd encourage you, sit down from time to time and just read the Bible. You don't necessarily have to pray with it every time. But even reading it, understanding the stories, knowing the stories, knowing the words, understanding the, the timeline is helpful for us. It allows us to touch the scriptures in a way where we can understand it a bit more fully. And when you hear proclaimed at Mass, when you hear that little snippet proclaimed at Mass, you go, ah, I know the bigger picture in which that piece is placed. It's good for us to know these things. More importantly today, I would encourage you to pray with the Scriptures. There are a thousand ways that we as Catholics can pray. But one of the privileged places is Scripture. Because oftentimes, whenever we come to pray, we struggle to hear God's voice. This is a common thing, I think, in just about every person that ever has attempted to pray. Is you, is you, you go to pray, and you wonder if anything's coming back, right? So sometimes we sit down, and, and we say to the Lord, we, we, you know, we'll, we'll speak in intention. We'll say, Lord, help us with X, Y, or Z. And there's no voice from the sky that occasionally happens in the scripture, right? The, nothing, the clouds don't open up. The, the church roof doesn't open and, and the Lord says, here's your response. Huh? As much as we would love that, and it would probably scare the mess out of us, honestly. But we don't get a, a, a verbal response quite often. We don't get, you know, even a, a felt response. Sometimes, you know, we, we want to feel like the Lord heard us. And we don't get that all the time. And the temptation for us is that we lose that dynamic relationship that Christ desires to have with us. I mean, imagine if you were sitting down with a good friend and you tried to, and you, you said something, you're looking for a response and they have nothing to say. You're like, all right, well, they tell them another thing and they just kind of look at you. And you tell them another thing and they just keep on looking at you. Well, eventually you're going to keep them, you're going to give up trying to give them space to respond to you and you're just going to start a monologue rather than a conversation. And how easy that can happen in our relationship with Christ. Is we go to the Lord and we say something and if we don't hear anything back. Okay, well, Lord, let me tell you another thing. We don't hear anything back. Okay, Lord, let me tell you this thing as well. We don't necessarily hear anything back. And so you say, well, in that case, let me just fill my time. I'll read a book and I don't have to worry about you trying to respond to me. I'm just going to do this thing. I'll pray my rosary. I'll pray my chaplet. I'll offer up my prayers. I'll do my list of things because you're not responding. So I'm just going to do my list of things. I'll fill this time with, with my prayer. I'm going to do stuff, right? And then, and then I'll go on. 
Now let me be clear. Clear. Doing the rosary, praying the rosary, praying with spiritual reading, doing those other things, having intentions, those are not bad things. Those are things we should be doing in our Christian life. But they don't always allow us to hear the Lord responding. Sometimes it's a difficulty to know, is God responding? But when we go to the word of God, always we know that the Lord is going to speak. Because he's already written the words. We just have to read them. When we go to the scriptures, that is God's voice speaking to us personally. His word is alive. And it wants to exchange with us to enter into a conversation. One of the things that the church has given to us that has been the fruit of the prayer of many, many centuries of holy men and women in the church, is a thing called Lexio Divina. And I know saying Latin is immediately like, yep, you lost me. Lexio Divina means divine reading. It is praying with the scriptures in a way that becomes a conversation. And it's something that can be a powerful, powerful tool in building a relationship with Jesus Christ. So this is my encouragement to you, is to do Lexio Divina. And so as to allow that to be even more easily done, I made you a handy-dandy little guide. There's cards in the back of the church. Take as many as you want. Put one in your Bible. Put one in, in, your, in your spouse's Bible. Put one in your kid's Bible. Put one wherever you want. It's fine. So if we run out, I will make you more. I will happily make you more if, we bring, if it means that we can encounter the sacred scriptures. So what I wanted to do with you today is do a very, uh, a very kind of brief run-through of Lexio Divina. And so what I'm going to do is essentially just read through this card and, and talk with you on a very, a very brief level about the gospel today and how I was doing a sort of Lexio Divina with the gospel so that you get a glimpse into what this kind of looks like practically speaking. Now, you're not going to get all my thoughts because... You want less than a 45-minute homily. So, at least I trust that you do. So just to read, and, and again, these are all in the back of the church. If you, if you picked one up already, feel free to, walk, to, to follow along. Otherwise, pick it up on your way home. Um, a guide to Lexio Divina or Divine Reading. So, it starts with a grammatical error. I get humility points. <laughs> it's supposed to say, select a passage to pray with. So, first you pick a passage in sacred scripture. It can be part of the Gospels, if you want to read the Gospel of the day, if you want to read the Gospel from Sunday. It can be praying with the Psalms. It can be praying with the words of St. Paul. All of these are good options for us. The Gospel is the Word of God, it's, it's the Word of Jesus, right? The Psalms are the embodiment of the emotions of the human heart. St. Paul and the other letters are opportunities for us to be able to hear practical application of the Christian life, just as we heard today. There's divisions in the church. Y'all, let me tell you about that. And then he continues on, right? Practical things St. Paul gives to us. So first, select a passage. Then, spend a moment and quiet your heart. Try to put all of the stuff that's in your head aside for a few minutes. Give it to Jesus and say, Lord, I need you to take this for a few minutes so I can pray. Then, make the sign of the cross. And pray the Hail Mary one time. 
as a way of asking Our Lady, who the scripture tells us kept all these things, pondering them in her heart, asking her to help you to receive the word of God during that time. Then you read the scripture passage. You read through it for the head first to be able to understand it. To understand what does it mean, where is it placed, are there other things that are important to understand what, this, what the purpose of this is. You can act as a sort of reporter to ask questions. Who is there? What are they doing? What is happening? Where are they? When is this taking place? Was this at the beginning of Jesus' ministry or was this at the Last Supper? Ask all of these questions to kind of make sense of what's taking place so you understand the reading itself. You understand what it's saying. And usually, something will stick out to you. As I was reading through this passage, uh, the the gospel passage particularly, one phrase kind of stuck out a little bit. It rang in my ears when I read it. And it said, And he called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. It's good to have a little journal or a, a piece of paper next to you when you're doing this so you can write that phrase down and maybe keep it for continued meditation in the in days to come. So that word stuck out to me. Immediately they left their boat and they, their father and followed him. So I just make a mental note or a physical note of that passage. Then we move to the second step. There are four steps in the process. The second step is meditation upon that reading. So... You read the scripture again, but this time from a a sort of different, a different place, not just asking details as a reporter, but engaging it more on a personal feelings type of level. So the first one, first reading is for the head. The second one is for the heart. You, you put yourself in the, in the scene and allow Jesus to speak to you in that passage. Reflect on the message that Jesus gives. Put yourself in the scene. If there are multiple people there, which one are you? Are you Jesus in the scene? Are you the person next to Jesus? Are you the person that Jesus is working to heal or to be able to... Maybe you've got some troubles going on. You're the person that Jesus is casting demons out of. You never know. Maybe you're somebody in the crowd just around the circle, just kind of watching, looking, looking at the, the whole scene take place. Who are you in that scene? Is there any feelings that arise in your heart as you're reading this? Sometimes you read it and there's fear. Sometimes there's anger. Sometimes there's excitement. Sometimes there's a feeling of hope. Do you feel something when you read the passage? Is that something that arises in your heart? Is there an idea, a word, a person that you feel called to enter even more deeply into reflecting upon? What would it have been like to be this person and to dig deeply into that? What would that mean? Whoever you are in that passage, if, you're, if you see yourself in the story, really dig and think about what it would have meant. What would you have said? What would you have done? How would you have felt with that? Place yourself in the things and to allow your heart to respond to Jesus. Allow your heart to engage in that scripture passage. Allow Paul to speak to you. If you're reading Paul, to take all of these things and really dig into them. And to say, what does this mean for me? What does this mean personally? 
Who cares of sorts, right? <laughs> what does it matter? And to apply it to your heart. The third step is having done these things, having kind of you know, dug into it a little bit, bring it to the Lord. The third step is prayer. You read this scripture passage again for the third time. And this time you let your heart respond. Tell God what you're thinking. Tell God what you're feeling. All the stuff that happened in the, in the second part, tell God about it. Talk to him about it. If you're excited, tell him why you're excited. If you're afraid, tell him why you're afraid. If you see yourself as this particular person, tell him why you register. Why, why you think about that. Why you think you're that person. Why not be another person? Talk to him about these things. Be honest with the Lord. At the end of that time, often it is helpful for us to be able to make a resolution. To say, Lord, this is the thing I feel like you're calling me to do in response to this. So when I was praying with the, with the gospel passage, again, that phrase stuck out to me. Immediately they left their father, they left their boat and their father and followed him. And I was kind of praying with it and, and reflecting upon it, kind of backtracking a little to the meditation part. And I was, I was thinking of myself as James and John and the Lord calling me. And I was reflecting on how in my own life, I don't always follow immediately. And that was the reason I think that the Lord allowed that phrase to stick out to me. Each, you know, each day I'm called as a priest to be able to stop at various moments to offer prayers, to offer psalms and readings to the Lord at different times of the day. And during the day is, is the hardest part for me because I get caught up in working on a particular project or I know I've got this place to go or I've got this thing to do. I've got a deadline to meet or I want to get the, this, this project marked off my to-do list. And I'm so close. And in the moment, oftentimes the Lord will put that little, that little thing in my heart that says, Brent, you haven't done daytime prayer yet. And I'll hear the voice of the Lord calling me, Brent, come aside for a minute and pray. Be with me. And often I say, Lord, in a minute. I'm working on this thing right now. In a minute, I'll get to you. My resolution from that was, Lord, I know sometimes I neglect you. I know sometimes I put my work and my things and my productivity and, my, and, and, and caring for the church parish stuff ahead of you. And I know that's not right. So, Lord, help me to pray daytime prayer during the daytime, not in the evening time when I finally get time, right? I resolve, Lord, to pray when you call me to pray and not to say in a minute, Lord. The Lord, you know that I'd struggle with that. You know that it's difficult for me. So I need your help. Help me. That's the time of prayer. Interacting with the Lord and whatever the scripture may be calling you to do. To set your heart on doing it. And sometimes it's a very small thing. Sometimes it's just today I'm going to do this thing. Sometimes it's a much bigger picture still, you know, type of thing. So after our prayer, after dialoguing with the Lord, after kind of speaking to the Lord, after he's spoken to us again. If, you get the, if, you're getting the, if you're getting the conversation piece, each of these parts starts with read the scripture again. Right? We say something, the Lord responds to us. We say something, the Lord responds to us. We say something, the Lord responds to us. And then again, you come back for the last one is contemplation. 
So we, as we're going through the, through the parts, the first reading is for your head. The second one is for your heart. The third one is for conversation. And the fourth one is for communion. You read the scripture again. Allow the Lord to speak once more. And then you sit. You don't dig into things anymore. You don't you know, kind of start trying to process and, and go back again. You know, trying to just sit with the Lord and rest. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to say anything. And a lot of times, that's the hardest part. Because you want to do and say things. Because it fills the time, right? But imagine yourself... With someone you love. It could be your spouse. It could be a friend. It could be your parent. It could be your child. And imagine having a, a wonderful conversation with them. A wonderful exchange. A wonderful dialogue. Where there's really just a, a community of hearts sharing back and forth with each other. And imagine at the end of that conversation. In the goodness of that moment. You just stop to enjoy your union together. You're just sitting on your front porch swing. You're sitting in your chairs on your back porch. You're sitting on the couch together. You're sitting wherever you're sitting with that person and you're just enjoying their presence together. That's what contemplation is. And so after having this dialogue with the Lord, kind of back and forth, back and forth, all of these things, it's just simply to rest and to rejoice in the Lord's presence. The words that he speaks. And then whenever that time is done... That time can be 30 seconds, it can be 30 minutes. It's really up to you. (laughs) Whenever you feel like that time is wrapped up, make the Lord's Prayer, pray the Lord's Prayer, which is a good way to be able to conclude our prayers, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, lead me not into temptation. Lord, help, basically, right? (laughs) Help me to do this. And then make the sign of the cross, Continue your day. Do your best to ponder all these things in your heart, just like our Blessed Mother did. That whole process, the, the lexio, the, the, the reading, the meditation, the prayer, the contemplation or communion, that can take five minutes. It can take 15 minutes. It can take an hour. It can take five hours if you really wanted to, if you got a lot of time and had a lot of things to say to Jesus, right? But the simple invitation for us is to actually do it. To spend this time reading the word of God and allowing God to speak to us. And to allow it to be that conversation rather than to have our prayer simply to become a monologue in his presence. Where we spend all the time speaking and then we walk away trusting that something happened. A dialogue with Jesus is what the Lord most desires for us. So, pick one of the cards up when you leave. Again, take as many as you need. If we run out, I will print up more for you most happily. So, they've got the four steps on the front side. On the back side, there's a few quotes from sacred scripture about the word of God. And there are a variety of quotes from some, some saints, some of the doctors of the church, who just have some great little reminders and little, little nuggets, one-line nuggets on the goodness of scriptures and what they are for us and what they call us to. So, As we celebrate Word of God Sunday, spend some time today with the Word of God. The Lord has given you some beautiful reading weather. It's raining outside. It's a little chilly. 
So go home, get some coffee, get some hot tea, get some cold milk, get some whatever you want to drink, and sit down in a chair with your Bible. Read it. Meditate upon it. Pray with it. Commune with our Lord. And rejoice in the gift of the Word of God for you. Because He comes to speak.